This is Neon Radio, episode 140, with jewelry designer Gabriel Urist. Welcome to Neon Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, fashion and lifestyle photographer for today's top brands, performers, and game changers. On this podcast, we explore the body, mind, and soul of the creative entrepreneur, bringing you inspiring guests to help take your creativity, business, and life to the next level. Hello and welcome to another episode of Neon Radio. I am your host, Nick Onkin, and we here at Neon Radio, we strive to bring you value in the creative world to help you in your creative lifestyle and journey. And that's everything from creatives playing at the top of their game to other spaces and other pillars of the Neon Life brand, which is health and wellness mindset, personal development, and any other resources to help you live a creatively fulfilled life in color. We've built up a backlog of episodes that can help you within that, and you can go over to neonradio.com to check those out. If you want some prescribed free content, you can go to neonlife.com slash quiz. Take the quiz and we'll serve you up a few things to help you out in your journey wherever you're at. I'm excited to bring you today's guest. His name is Gabriel Urist, and he is a big name in the streetwear world, the design world. He designs jewelry for a number of people. He's designed jewelry for LeBron James and Jay-Z. He's done collaborations with Supreme and many other big brands in that world. He designed some custom lace lock pieces for Kanye and Jay-Z for their Watch the Throne tour. So in this episode, we dive into his creative process and how he got started, his story, and how he came to be. We also learned about his collaborations with Nike and his involvement in the sneaker world and much, much more. Also, if you haven't done so, you can go over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to us over there. Just search Neon Radio. That's N-I-O-N Radio, and we will come up. So with that, I bring to you the one, the only, Mr. Gabriel Urist. All right, guys, we've got Gabriel Urist in the house, in his house, actually. He's uh, an amazing uh, jewelry designer, and uh, how would you describe yourself? Bohemian artist? Yeah, oh, there's a flood in my studio, so I've been working here for you know, the past few weeks, which is nice, you know, it's real cozy. Yeah. yeah I'd describe myself as a bohemian artist. Actually, somebody else described me as a bohemian artist, and I'm just copying what they <laughs> kind said. Of, kind of rolling with it. Yeah. I like it, I like it. So you're from Michigan. Yeah. Uh, what's give us a little story, a little background story? How you got you you trained as a jewelry designer and um, in the arts and I was born in '78 uh, in Ann Arbor, in okay, Michigan. My mother's a playwright. She was a dance critic, actually. She was a uh, she was at a Madonna concert, right? Because she went to Michigan. She was a dance critic for the Ann Arbor News, and yeah. so my I always felt like I had a special relationship with Madonna because because my mother was at a Madonna concert when she went into labor with me. Nice. So uh, I don't know. Like I was undefeated, ten years old, first basketball team. We <laughs> nice. went undefeated. Next year we lost the game. Devastated. Oh man. Um, yeah, my parents are academics, and 
you know, they just really encouraged me to do whatever I wanted to do. And my, I have an older brother who is doing a lot of creative stuff and I wanted to be like him, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So where did you get your training? Um, Interlocking Arts Academy okay. is a high school for art. It's an art school for high school kids. Yeah. So I went there for my last year of high school and uh, they had a metalsmithing department. Oh, dope. They had a metal class. So I did that, got all into it. Teacher was real cool. We had a, we had like a friendship, me and the old metalsmithing teacher. Very cool. So did you jump off? Did you go to college or did you just kind of like jumped off? And no, I got a job. I worked at a jewelry store. And I just really wanted to learn how to do that. And I felt, you know, I grew up in a college town, you know, so I kind of yeah. felt like I, I had some education. I knew a lot of kids that went to school that didn't really go there to learn. And I wanted to, I just loved do, making these metal things. Yeah. You yeah. Know, making stuff for my friends, with my friends. So I moved to California and I worked at another jewelry store. When I finished high school, I moved to California with a bunch of my older brother's friends. Okay. Um, and I worked for a jewelry store in Oakland. Oh, wow. And they taught me how to cast and some wax carving stuff and how to be a bench jeweler. Yeah. And I also had this studio on the side with these nine women. I was the only dude. I was 18 and they taught me how to solder and, and stuff. And they had helped me out with all the questions wow. I had about jewelry and I used to make these real kind of burly medallions with sheet metal and photographs and paintings sandwiched inside and I was developing that style for a while before I started casting my little basketball players and silhouettes of, of uh, Michael Jordan. So you've been really influenced by basketball and hip-hop and that world? Yeah I always tried to approach like my craft as like uh, you know my the practice like a basketball practice, you know, it's yeah. like they, you know, they say you're either getting better or you're getting worse. You're never really staying the same. Yeah. I wanted to apply that kind of discipline to my craft and sometimes it, it worked. Sometimes I fail. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, cause I just, yeah. Failure is part of the process. Right. Yeah. So you, that was it. So you were in you were in Oakland. You were working for another shop and learning and like get, getting the getting the trade under your belt. How long did you work there? Uh, not that long. They fired me because they thought I stole this big heart shaped diamond. Right? <laughs> this woman used to come in and carve waxes. Right? This is oh, no. fucked up. So I'm like, uh, I forget her name. It was Kate or something. And yeah, yeah. She was like the wax carver lady, and she'd come in sometimes and work on wax models. And she came in one day and she was working on a ring with this big heart-shaped diamond. And then she was like, I can't find the stone at the end of the day. And we all stopped what we were doing. We looked for the diamond and nobody found it. Yeah. And then the next morning I came in and I sat down where she sits and I pick up like her little tool holder container and I dump it out and the diamond's right there. Oh no. I was like, I found the diamond. And the boss was like, you're fired. What? <laughs> I was fucking oh, no. asshole, man. <laughs> He's oh, like no. certain that I still have the diamond and felt bad and brought it back the next morning, I guess. Oh, man. So where'd you go from there? Um, I just spent more time with those nine ladies that I shared a studio space with. Okay. One of the women that worked at that spot kind of took me into that other studio space. And yeah, that place was awesome. It was this punk rock record store on 16th and Valencia. Oh, dope. 
it was called the Epicenter. They had this huge zine library and all these punk rock records and like these little restaurant booths in there. At night, I had that whole shit to myself. It was like a little metal shop in the front and another one in the back. Oh, that's dope. So it was dope. That was like <laughs> coolest fucking studio. That's awesome. So how long did you spend out? You you were in San Francisco or in the in the West Side yeah, Bay area for a few years. Yeah, a few years, like two and a half years. Oh, and nice. I moved here in '99. Oh, nice. What brought you out to to New York? A family. Mm. The jewelry district. I wanted to you know, pursue my jewelry education. San Francisco is kind of beautiful and kind of mellow. Yeah. I just thought about that being being in New York in a high, more higher, higher yeah. energy type of environment, you know, it's more, more hustling. Yeah. Um, it's definitely like a different creative energy over here, for sure. I mean, I li- when I was 15, I lived with my grandparents for the summer in before I went to Interlochen, and I used to make paintings on their fire escape, and I was like, man, I want to, and I, I had a job in Midtown, and, and I used to paint, I was, and I loved painting on their fire escape, and I was like, I want to be an artist in New York. You know, and the kids in the neighborhood were like, yo, that's tight, you know, that's dope that you have something that you like to do and shit. You know, I didn't know how to paint, but I would make these little paintings. And so, yeah, and yeah. The kids in the neighborhood were super cool. That's awesome. So how many years were you practicing really before you started making money at, at metalsmithing and jewelry? Oh, I was making money right away. Really? Right away, yeah. I'd, I'd tell people I knew how to, I mean, I would just take the job and figure out how to do it after I got the job. Oh, know? wow. Yeah. What were those, those, you those know, are more commission type of work? It's works? like, yeah. Put some lipstick on that pig. <laughs> you know, fake it till you make it. We've been there. We've been there. But yeah, I like that. I mean, I I I knew how to make things, but I wasn't good at it yet, and I didn't really have the the knowledge yet. I didn't have like the muscle memory to like do because it's all practice. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like soldering and cutting and filing and all these little tools for cutting different ways. Yeah. You know, so I would kind of get my learning while doing these jobs for other artists. Yeah. I work for Matthew Barney. I work for Tom Otterness. Okay. I work for Supreme and A-Life and Nike and Jeff Staple and all these people. And I was learning, you know? Yeah. Were you working like on a full-time kind of thing or you're like, they would commission you design things? No, I never, actually when I worked for Tom, it was full-time kind of thing. He brought me in as like the small metals man. Yeah, he makes the little subway sculptures in the you know Eighth Avenue and stuff. Okay, the little cool. money bag guys. Um, I was just in Mexico City and there's this installation of work. I just thought it was Tom's and it's not fucking Tom's. Somebody else makes sculptures that look just like Tom Otterness. Oh man, it's bizarre. You know, it's really bizarre when you see people copy. I mean, how do you copy? Just how do you copy? Like straight up, shit? yeah. Like what is that? What are you doing? <laughs> you know. It's like lying. I don't know. It's like, I think Stephen King's wife did some interview with the New York Times a while ago. She's talking about lying and how stupid it is, you know? Yeah. It just prolongs the time until people figure out that you're a liar. Yeah, exactly. You know? So why would you do that? Yeah, I, it's it's crazy to me. I mean, like, I understand, like, pulling influence from a, from a certain right. piece or, like, your, you know, people that you look up to yeah. kind of thing. But 
just straight up copying and then calling it yours. Because I got excited, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, take your inspiration, but don't make something that is so mistakably somebody else's, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. So if we're jumping back and, and you're, you know, you're in your, you were working, you got fired, and then you right. like jumped off on your own and started like kind of doing commissions for different people. What was, what was that like? I mean, paint a picture, like. I mean, at that, that time? Yeah, yeah. When, when I was in San Francisco, I was like 18, 19. I, when I got fired, I got a job working at Pearl Paint on oh, wow. Market Street in, in the craft department. And I was selling paint and whatever. That was here? No, that was in San Francisco. Uh, okay, okay. Um, but I always had that studio and I was, you know, really into, into that. Um, so essentially you had like a bridge, you were like, you worked at the paint store and you were like paying your bills through that and you were just making, right. making what you wanted. Yeah. And I was friends with all these Spanish people from Spain and I was, um, came and they were, and I kind of moved to New York with them and I got a job working for Miguel Adrover, who's a Spanish fashion designer and I had no experience with fashion I'd never been to a fashion show before you know I didn't know what I didn't know what it was but yeah it's jewelry you can apply it to anything right yeah of course fashion fashion stuff is jewelry um so I worked for Miguel and that blew my mind you know the just the whole fashion the what goes into making a fashion show (laughs) I think his work is so beautiful. Yeah. You know, and it was, that was really cool working for Miguel. Yeah. What did you learn from that experience that you've applied to yourself? That uh, speed is the key, I guess. Speed is the key. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to make things quickly. Mm. You know, <laughs> I don't know if I learned, I mean, I guess my first boss told, taught me that. I was a polisher. Mm. When I first finished high school, before I moved to San Francisco, I worked for a jewelry store as a polisher. My boss gave me a book called Jewelry Making, and he would give me little quizzes on it every day. Wow. Um, he told me that speed is the key, because I was working in a jewelry store, and he was like, I'll teach you more than any school is going to teach you. Yeah. You know, working here. But um, speed is the key. You just got to make things quickly. It comes, you know, you, once you get to know... How, what you're doing? Yeah, it takes a while to understand what what it is that you're doing. Yeah, you know. How much time do you think you put in in learning your craft before you really like felt like you were like in your in your groove? I've been in so many grooves. Yeah. Um, I still feel like I'm learning. I don't feel like I'm in my groove and able to just be on cruise control and pull jewelry out of a hat. You know, I feel like everything is kind of takes uh, planning, you know. It's not like a free-form type of art, you know. It's like measuring and calculating and, you know. Absolutely. Even organic things like shoes or hats or whatever, you know. It's not like a free-form thing. So you kind of design a lot of different stuff outside of jewelry as well. You paint and... Yeah. And have done other like clothing collaborations kind of stuff. Yeah, I could. I did hardware for, yeah, anything, anything metal. Yeah. Know? How did your collaboration with Supreme come out? They were like, if you could do a shoe like that, you could kill a skateboard. 
So I did a skateboard, then I did a wheel, then I did a truck, and then I did a razor blade, and then on the last season we did some bracelets, some ID bracelets. Oh wow. So are you working with them kind of consistently now? Not really. Just here and there? Yeah, here and there. When they need some things and make some, yeah, I don't yeah. How did how I'm did I'm an these... independent contractor. I'm freelance, you know, I'm not <laughs> full time. I'm not salary anywhere. I haven't really had a job since. Why well, yeah, in a in a long time. Yeah, I love that. That's that's the way to be. That's... It's not that I haven't had a job, it's just different, you know? It's <laughs> like I could walk in and anywhere and get some work, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. But I don't have a job. Yeah. I mean I don't have a boss, I guess. Yeah. I have a job. I have a job. Yeah, that's the creative lifestyle right there. I go to work, I get the job done. <laughs> and people pay to do it. People pay to sit at home and That's why make, I get paid the big shit. bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you, uh, how did you get in touch, or how did like LeBron- I like your jewelry. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I have a couple of friends that make this stuff. That's cool. But yeah, how did like LeBron- Who made that one? Who made that skull? Oh, that's Lazaro. Lazaro. You know Lazaro? They're down in Soho. Um, maybe I don't know. I don't think so. It looks like a skull ring that that uh, James made. The buddy James. Made. Oh, nice. Different one. Got it. Different yeah. skull. This is a buddy of mine, Frank Wilder. That's cool. So, but yeah, man, how did like LeBron find you, and and how'd you how'd you? LeBron never found me. Or Nike, or oh, well, actually, it was Jason Maiden was oh. the um one who found me. He was like, man, this is Jason from. He called me up one day. I was at Jaquan's toy store and uh, Jason called me up and he was like, man, it'd be great if you could work with Nike. I'm at A-Life and I see your stuff on display. It'd be great if you could do this stuff with Nike. Yeah. So then I went to Portland to talk to them about doing some something. I brought a bunch of samples and they had this new shoe coming out for Paul Rodriguez, the skateboarder. Yeah. And they were like, we want you to do this for the launch. and. I made a bunch of them for the opening that was at KCDC in Williamsburg in like cool. 2005 or something like that. Yeah. Um, That's dope. That's yeah. Dope. So now you're doing, you've got your own line, you're doing... Um, but I was also through basketball. I played in this Nike basketball league that Jeff Staple put together, I think, with Joe Branch and yeah. some uh, Nike. It was like this Nike basketball league that I played in for 10 years with all these really really great people from in New York, you know, it was, yeah. and um, made a lot of friends through that and did, got a lot of work through that. And but yeah, but I don't, you know, it's all kind of, it's a New York thing, I think. Yeah. You know, if you're in New York and you're really passionate about something and trying to do something, then people are going to want to help you, you know, people are yeah. going to want to support you if you're here, you know, trying to do it. Yeah, I love that. What is when you're like sitting down for a new project? What is your, what's your creative process look like? Like, how do you sit down and dream up a project or dream up a piece, or whether it's your own or whether it's uh, commissioned by somebody else? Um, I don't know. I kind of just sit down and make it. I mean, it, I guess I design it. I think about yeah. what it's going to look like, and then I kind of draw it out and make some sketches to sketch and then uh, yeah i use illustrator oh cool you know 
I use photos and images and Google and um, I don't know how to draw. You know, sometimes yeah. I'll trace things to make it look like I sketched it in the beginning, yeah. you know, just kind of fake it. Like I <laughs> know how to draw, but I don't know how to draw. Yeah. So you start kind of on the computer and, and just like. Yeah, well, it depends what it is. Mapping out. People usually doing. have an idea of what they want. It's occasionally people are like, I, want, I just want you to make me whatever you want. You yeah. know, I think yeah. you're a good designer and I want you to make me something. That's fun. Yeah. But usually it's people are, are like, I want my name in uh, this font. And it's very specific what people want. Oh, wow. They want a two millimeter, 18 karat gold band with pave diamonds going all the way around. And uh, it turned, you know, it's always very specific. People have, when it's a custom piece of jewelry for somebody, it's usually them that design it. Yeah. Yeah. What's been some of your favorite pieces to work on or that you've created? I like, uh, I like this project that I'm working on now with, with my parents, yeah. the Lost Tribes. Yeah, tell us more about that. That's the, the Native American Judaica collection that I did based yeah. on the story of when the Puritans came to America and saw the natives and called them the Lost Tribe of Israel, the savages. And I was like, well, what if they were the Lost Tribe of Israel? You know, yeah. what, would, what would yeah. a Judaica line look like? You know, what would their Judaica line look like if they were the Lost Tribe of Israel, you know? Yeah. Obviously, they're not. It's all made up, you know? Yeah. I just made it up. But then I developed this whole library of Native American symbols, and my father and I went through and kind of found different Hebrew words and phrases that corresponded with with each symbol. Yeah. And then I rendered the symbol and the Hebrew together to make these designs, and I built, like, a whole periodic table of... Um, ethics of our predecessors yeah that's dope. You know, is what we called it you know it's like a lot of um a lot of the little phrases come from pure keavo this hebrew this hebrew list of kind of morals like um like if not now then when you yeah know? like yeah. um you know, don't judge somebody until you stood in their shoes. Yeah. You know, justice, justice, you shall pursue. You know, just yeah. like these little phrases. And it comes from Pirkei Avot, which means ethics of our fathers. Right. You know, so we call it ethics of our predecessors. Yeah. So what does the project mean to you in terms of just like what's the, I guess, the, the significance for you? It's very yeah. personal, you know. It's yeah. really just a personal, very meaningful project. Uh, I, it's, it's about my family. It's about my parents. It's about their ethics. Mm -hmm. It's about what they, you know, taught me. It's about what my grandfather did. You know, my grandfather was a rabbi in Brooklyn for 70 years and my wow. parents, my family is always telling me to do a Judaica line for forever. And yeah, so this is kind of my idea of a Judaica line that, that I wanted to do. And my parents lived on a Navajo reservation in, in the sixties and had a lot of stories so it's just really fun to work you know with my parents on something creative like this yeah yeah what what do you feel that you want to share with the world through this this collection i mean it's something that you're putting out there i want to share the whole collection i just want to kind of invite the world to participate in like this i this kind of dreaming dreamy dream work you yeah. know this association this free association of of ideas and commonalities and you know you know what it means to be displaced you know and kind of it's an american thing you know it's yeah. kind of 
a meditation on on the his, the the history. Yeah. You know, of the you know history of America, how America began. You know, I mean, I'd like for it to be like a icebreaker, like a conversation starter. Yeah. You know, and when I've shared it, the few times that I've shared it so far, it's kind of sparked great conversation. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. And discussions about just these ideas, you know, and freedom. Yeah. What, what does freedom mean to you? Um, uh, freedom means being uh, kind of in, in charge of your decisions. Yeah. You know? I like that. I like that. So uh, when, is the, when is the project going to be finished? Or is it finished? Almost. almost it's done. almost done. I've done so many different rounds, you know, and refining it and refining it. It's really, I've been working on it for like five years. Oh, wow. Wow. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's close. Yeah. How's your personal work catalyzed your business? I, I don't know. It's all very personal to me. Yeah. Everything is, like all the work is personal, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely. I get attached to, to to things yeah yeah has a has doing personal work brought you more business do you think you mean doing custom like individual pieces or for... even stuff like this like the lost tribe you know like oh yeah yeah like has that yeah my buddy brought me i yeah i definitely have gotten work from the from that yeah absolutely it's just interesting you know jewelry is just kind of grimy the whole jewelry industry. I never wanted to be a jeweler because of the expensive things. The jewelry district in New York is just a, it's like the center of Babylon, I like to call it. You know, <laughs> it's just this horrible, horrible, archaic place from 3,000 years ago, Middle Earth. Yeah. You know, it's like a game of copying. You know, it's like, it's all copying. It's all just it's easy to copy jewelry it's you just yeah. make a mold of something and you can reproduce it yeah. um no i like the interaction with people trying to you know deciding you know getting an idea of what they want you know i like that whole process of yeah of working on things with other people yeah like real collaboration you know absolutely collaboration has kind of changed the meaning of collaboration has sort of changed over the years you know yeah how so it used to be like this kind of meaningful part creative partnership you know right. endeavor mm -hmm. but i think it's kind of become uh well collabo you know yeah a collabo now is usually we like what you do we want to put our name on it <laughs> right yeah yeah. You know, or we like what you do. We'd like you to work on something that has nothing to do with what you do. Or, you know, I don't know. When they started putting an X in between two brands. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I used to make paintings with my friends, you know. Yeah. That was like, that's what I think of as collaborating. Right. You know, just like freedom. Yeah. But when... Uh, Yeah, it's just different. People call, you know, hiring somebody to do something. People call that collaborating, you know? Yeah, it's a different space. I get yeah, that. it's different. It's different. 
Yeah. Hey, you know, it's, I, but you still bring your perspective and yeah. your it's personality still a beautiful to thing. it. Yeah. yeah. It's all just in the name of making something beautiful. Yeah. Well, I feel like so much has already been done nowadays, right? Like, I don't like even know. How do you create new? How Shit do you is so insane work? right now. I don't know anything right now. <laughs> I don't know how anybody can make any sense of anything right now. There's so much shit is so much noise out right there. Now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if anything's ever been done before. Kind of yeah. seems like everything that's ever been done gets erased every fucking 10 minutes. You know, I don't know. Something new happens, but it's a iteration yeah. of the previous. Yeah. But I, I know. I know what you mean, you know, in terms of design or product or, you know, sort of like a people have this a limited scope of their, you know, possibilities, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's I don't think everything's been done before. I think it's important to not do anything. It's just important to not copy people. I think copying is the enemy of art. And it's important not to be so obvious with your copying, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, steal, you know, um, what is it? Whatever Picasso said, <laughs> you know, whoever steals art is the best art. Whoever steals ideas, whoever copies ideas, whoever steals. I forget the Picasso quote. So what, uh, you know, every day, right? Every day is a new... Uh... New progression. What I like to you? wake up and go outside in my underpants and just get some vitamin D. I like that. You I know? like that. Even when it's 12 degrees? Still it's doing nice. It. Today is nice. Yeah. yeah. A couple of weeks ago, it was 12 degrees. I did. I know. <laughs> I'll wait till like, you know, till, till, it get, till the sun comes up. Yeah. What do you, what's, what's your week look like? You know, if you get up, you do, what time do you usually get up and work and Today I had a phone in? call at 11 with um, uh, a woman and her mother about, uh, she's getting married and her mother wanted something for herself and the, the bride is, wants some earrings and the mother wants some, a necklace to go with her dress. It's just all over the place. Yeah, um, that's great. Else? I mean, do you do you work better during the day? You work better at night. What's your uh, mo? Yeah, I change it up, switches switches up all the time. Yeah, my most productive uh, regiment was going to play basketball Monday, Wednesday, Friday with the old dudes at six a.m. Oh, till wow. like nine thirty, and then I'd like get to work, and everybody else is like just waking up. You know, yeah, it felt awesome. I liked. I'm not like a morning person i'm not an evening person i'm just you know i like to i don't know sometimes i like to work at night yeah whenever the inspiration calls right <laughs> what keeps you creatively inspired uh the internet <laughs> just kidding i don't think i don't know i don't know the, the internet is uh, it's distracting sometimes absolutely um love Love keeps me inspired, I guess. And but but uh, <laughs> keeps the world going round. Right. I don't know. I watch the news a lot. Anger sometimes is inspiring. You know. Um, I don't know. I get. I'm sensitive. You know. I get inspired by all kinds of things. Yeah, it's great. I like to cook. 
Um, I, I make banana bread now. I'm making bread pudding. <laughs> we like we like bread pudding. We like banana bread. Doughy foods make for doughy people. <laughs> I love it. Trying to eat healthy, you know. I don't make salads, but I cook fish now. I make fish cakes. Ooh. Um. Yeah, I've been cooking vegan food. I don't know why. Hey. Fuck it, right? Yeah, try it. Try um, something vegan. Try it. Try it out. <laughs> um, I'm trying to bring brooches back, the lapel. Um, not that they really went anywhere. I just, I th- I'm, I love the brooch. Yeah. You know, I think men's jewelry is women's jewelry now. I think it's just the same thing. I don't know. Jewelry used to always be, let's talk about jewelry, you know, and what jewelry was and is now i think it was always your family or where you're from or your name yeah you know your heritage your religion but now it could be anything you know a hamburger or a piece of pizza or a piece (laughs) of you know banana whatever yeah so it's just wide open you know yeah i think that's you know part of what made me feel like i was able to do this new collection with my with my parents, just real, just very obscure, kind yeah. of made up yeah. thing. I feel like I invented a language with it, you know, and then I kind of just kept going. I, t- I, didn't, I didn't think I was gonna take it that far, you know? Yeah. But um, now it's here. It's here. It's here. What are your plans to, what are you gonna do with it? I wanna wear it. I just want to wear it everywhere and go talk to people. I like it. You know? I like it. We want to, um, it's like, you know, you prepare and and then you present, right? Yeah. And it's like I could just walk around wearing it and it's easy to present. Yeah. I, I made so, a book. You made a book? Yeah. What are you going to do with the book? How are you going to present it? Hardcover. How do you get your stuff out there? How do you present it? How do you get it in front of people? I don't know. You're here. <laughs> you know, it's awesome. I don't know what it is. I think it's just New York. You know, I love New York. New York is just that type of place where people are interested in cool shit and they're going to find it. And it just, it just organically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I don't have a PR agent or anything like that yeah i want one i want a pr agent yeah put that out there put that out there in the universe yeah you just got to put things out in the universe and then and then it really it really works just lands on your doorstep right (laughs) oh my god it's true uh so many so many great things will just land in your lap in new york you know and you can it's well that's kind of how i've been described is just like Amazed at all these incredible things that just kind of fall in my lap. Yeah, you worked on some incredible projects. So cool. Right. It's like a lucky. It's just I don't I don't know what it is. Yeah. I attract those things, but I I don't I um. You know, there's there's a. You know, it's like a it's part of you know I'm thinking about when you ask me what freedom is. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you can design your own. Your own plan. You know, you can make your own plan or you can be happy with whatever falls in your lap. You know, yeah. you can have like a real strong sense of agency. 
Yeah. Or you can just not have a strong sense of agency and just be kind of accepting. Yeah. Or what, what? So I'm trying to be a little bit more agentic with my new collection, you know. Yeah. And think about where I want it to be and how I want it to live, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, absolutely. What gives you agency to create that that freedom in your life? Um, I I do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know my relationship. You know. Yeah. My my family. You know, I'm lucky. Yeah. You know, my parents are supportive. My and they love me a yeah. lot. You know. It's great. Not everybody has that, you know? I know I feel like I have a responsibility to be an artist. Mm-hmm. I grew up kind of upper middle class in Ann Arbor, and a lot of people that f- have talent don't really recognize it as like an actual path that they could take, you know? Yeah. Or if people realize that they're really good at something, it's like, a, that's a fairy tale. Yeah. You know? But I was encouraged to kind of do yeah. what I wanted to do, you know? So I feel like I have a responsibility to, to do that. And that gives me agency to yeah. think about that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's hard to find. I mean, my parents were, luck- I'm luckily, luckily I was able, my parents encouraged me to do what I loved and wanted to do and I pursued photography and it's been great and I feel I'm grateful for it as well. Yeah. So I know the I know the feeling I know the feeling and and the responsibility that goes with that. So, are you are you a reader? Do you read? Yeah. What are your uh, top three books happening right now? That right you're now, inspired um, by and loving. It's the 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 shark's paintbrush. It's a book about biomimicry. It's Whoa. about kind of copying nature when we design our technologies and biomimicry. It's called the Bio- shark's paintbrush. And sapiens. Oh, sapiens is Sapiens fire. is the shit. Yeah. Um, I know I wanna read uh in, and uh, how how to make knives. Ooh. Like I've got that. a how to make knives book that blows my mind. Yeah. You know? Just I love like that. The folding knife. Is this relationship with the spring piece and the and the blade so that it clicks when it's closed and then it locks when it's open and it locks when it's closed you know oh wow knife makers know a lot yeah. jewelers think they know a lot jewelers don't know shit these mountain people <laughs> in the hills making knives those motherfuckers know how steel reacts to everything oh, you know sure. spring steel they know about metal i, don't know, I like jewelers you know i don't want to say who knows what but <laughs> It's all it's all a learning process, right? Yeah. It's, it's like some some involve more engineering, you know, some processes are involve a lot more than than just making beautiful things. Yeah. Making yeah. beautiful things that work. Um you know. Absolutely. Do you know Max Poglia? No. Nah. He's a dope knife knife maker. Or, oh, really? I don't know. What do you call it? A knife maker. But uh, knife <laughs> he makes maker, beautiful knives. Yeah. I went to a, like a knife maker convention at a Sheridan in Jersey City. Wow. And yeah, it was cool. I got some inlay stuff. Yeah. 
pretty amazing how it's its own craft, right? Like knife making. It's a niche. I mean, it's it's pretty specific. These dudes sell knives for like a hundred grand, like steel and mother of pearl. It's just like, uh, I don't know. It's a thing. Knife, knives. It's like fishing or bass. (laughs) You're going to start making knives? I made some knives, yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Sick. Some little folding knife necklaces. Oh, sick. I have to find those. Check those out. Um, what what are you um what else are you reading? What Give me I something reading? good to read. God. Did you read Homo Deus, the sequel to Sapiens? No. Oh. Oh, thank you. Yes. That's good. That's what I want to read. That's futurism. What's Homo coming? Deus. Homo Deus. It's about humanism. It's about futurism, the possibility of technology integrating with with humans. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, you that know, is not going to happen. Artificial intelligence, all that we stuff. We try to compare ourselves to all this technology, and people are never going to be advanced as this technology is. We think that we're more advanced because the technology is advanced. We compare ourselves to the technology, and it's just, it's silly, you know? Yeah. It's really, it's, it's a weird yeah. thing to watch people with, like, you know, think they're robots and shit. Yeah. Well, now we're trying to connect computers to humans, right? I guess so. I guess we'll be robots before we lose <laughs> our little toes. You gotta watch the show Altered Carbon. Yeah, I saw some of it. It's all right. It's, it's a trip. Right. It's okay. It's a trip. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Well, uh, last and final question I usually ask all of my guests is just uh, in, the, in the realm of art and inspiration. What does the world, what does live inspiration mean to you? It means love. Love. Yeah. It's just love. Live inspiration is love, you know? Live and laugh. God just wants us to make him laugh. No, I, I, I definitely feel like I do that every day. Or not. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh, where can people find you, follow you on, on the interwebs? Uh, GabrielUris.com. Uh, Gabriel underscore Uris. At Gabriel underscore Uris. I just, my um, GabrielUris.com site is, is almost up. Nice. It should be up. Nice. So, um, Gabriel Uris. Um, Gabriel Adam Urist on Facebook. You can send me a Facebook message. Yeah, all over. Yeah, all over. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, I acknowledge you for the art that you're creating. It's amazing. And uh, thank, thank you, you for coming thank on the you. show. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode of Neon Radio with Gabriel Urist. I'm your host, Nick Onkin. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you could help us out by leaving us a good review over on iTunes. Apple Podcasts. You can do that within the app very easily. You can also share out the episode on social media. The short link is neonradio.com slash EP140. And that's N-I-O-N radio.com slash EP140. You can also go there to check out all the links in the show notes that we mentioned and link up straight from there. So with that, you know what time it is. It's time to go out and create your life by creating every small moment And we'll see you next time.